All right, today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash flex and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash flex. And I've personally been using Audible way before the sponsorship. Uh, a book that I would recommend to everyone would be How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And you can get that book for absolutely free if you use our link, audibletrial.com slash flex, or click the link in the bio of our Instagram. All right, welcome back to another episode. Today we're joined by Miss Adriana Garrett. I hope I pronounced that correctly. You did. She is a poet, author, and writer from Houston. And you've been published for over 13 years in different various categories. And I I do want to provide some sort of context as to, um, you know, how I reached out to you and why uh, we're doing this episode. So I was doing some research for my previous episode on irrationality and um, having read Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. It was a topic that I felt the need to cover. And I stumbled upon your blog post, which um, explained stuff in a very concise manner as well as your own perspective which I really I could resonate with the way you were writing and the kind of lens that you took or the perspective that you had in terms of writing that and um, you know funny enough we both happen to be from Houston so it was only right to for me to reach out so I really appreciate you doing this oh awesome thank you very much so um I guess where we could, a good place to start would be to kind of explain, you know, how you got into writing and why you got into writing. Okay, so writing has always been a natural thing for me. I've probably kept a journal ever since I was about five or six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until about middle school that I actually started writing poetry first and I had just gone through a lot emotionally being a middle child syndrome is a real thing and so um, struggling with stuff like that and some other experiences I just took the poetry first and um, from there I just did poetry all the time every day just that's my honestly I always say I'm a poet first and Mm -hmm. then like I'm a writer because that's what that's what my heart is but um I started writing books and writing about my journey and started blogging. Um, And I got into that kind of late. I've had my poetry blog for about 10 years, but I've had like um, my Audreydom blog for maybe about five. So um, it wasn't until like I got my uh, last master's in psychology that I decided, okay, like I have all this information. I've had all these experiences. I need to like share it because I know it's always somebody like going through something, but I I like to tell it in my own way and make it the most relatable because psychologists hit you with all these terms. People be like, what is this? You know? So I just try to make it as easy for people to um, identify with as possible. And so you'll see like various different topics, but a lot of them, um, on my blog are kind of focused on mental health, mental health awareness, um, you know, mm-hmm. self-acceptance and, and love is an overall undertone of a lot of my writing as well. So um, I feel like that's my purpose and mission and I'm just trying to do it as best I can. I always um, keep writing because there's so I don't get as much publicity, but I always um, get messages and feedback from others, even if they don't comment 
you know, on my post saying, oh, I really needed this today, or this is a great post, like you always post up that I need to hear, like right when I'm going through it. So that's my motivation to keep going. Yeah. Any receipt of uh, your impact that you've made is always uh, not only a great motivating factor, but just makes you feel good and fulfilled in a way. It's kind of difficult to explain, um, and this isn't you know meant to be condescending in a way, but it's kind of difficult to explain to people that haven't felt it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it makes you feel very good to, especially if you have your own sort of um, insecurities or if you felt like you know you didn't have anyone that explained things to you in a manner that could have you know helped you skip those steps or not have uh or you didn't have to spend those nights you know just wondering or trying to figure it out on your own and it's always a good thing to be the person that's gone through it and do it and i'm curious to know if uh, you know whether that played sort of a motivating uh, role in you starting to write poetry and stuff like that a form of escapism from what was happening or was it just a passion of yours that you wanted to uh you know involve yourself in further I think you hit it on the nails, a form of escaping what I was experiencing. And um, when I would go back and read, which I seldom did in the very beginning, I do now. Um, but when I go back and read a lot of my work, it's like, oh, my God, like, duh, that makes so much sense. But honestly, a lot of times while I'm writing, even though I've had some of these experiences, it's like it's all coming together full circle as I'm writing it. It's like light bulb, ding, okay. I know you got that when you learned it, but now it's like really, really making sense. Right. I definitely uh, relate to that in a certain manner because part of the reason why I started uh, this podcast was I was extremely introverted and shy and I didn't really develop that, um, you know, way of communicating with strangers in a way or you know making small talk I was always in my bubble with my own circle and this was a way for me uh, you know as I started to get a little bit older uh, I'm 23 so as I started to age a little bit more I realized that I can't just go throughout my life being in my own bubble or being in my own circle I have to get out there and and figure out how to communicate with people how to just not be so reserved and shy because Oftentimes it was being misconstrued as arrogance. And that's something I struggled with a lot is like people would assume that I was extremely arrogant when I was just shy and not really, you know, taking those cues to talk when they would expect me to talk and stuff like that. So I can definitely relate to having some sort of medium where you express yourself and really showcase your personality. I'm curious to um, hear your thoughts on just this. Uh, if we use an umbrella term to define what I just talked about, you know, people that struggle with expressing themselves based on these metrics of society or whatever, whatever, however we want to define it, you know, what would you, what kind of advice would you tell them with your experience, uh, you know, at hand? I guess, um, I gradually came out of my bubble that I don't even think I realized I can, I don't even think I can pinpoint a time period where I just kind of like blossomed Um, because I really did it so gradually. And I think that it first started with me being confident in who I am and the person I was and fully accepting that person. Right. 
So when you fully accept you and understand what your flaws are and what your issues are, you can go about life knowing, you know, and being in certain um, places and scenarios and having certain experiences where you can pick up on somebody else getting that vibe from you that you might not want them to get, right? So then I started becoming a, well, you know, I'm like this, or I respond like this. If it's too much, just tell me, because I'm a very blunt, very direct person. I've Mm -hmm. been that way my whole entire life. And that comes off as arrogant and condescending or or just flat out mean and rude. And um, that's not how I am at all. Like I never have an intention to hurt anyone's feelings, but I'm also not a liar. I tell the truth and it's my truth and it is what it is. And so I find that that helped me a lot, just being more confident and knowing up front, hey, this is the person you're going to deal with. This is what you're going to get. I mean, if you accept that, great, we can build. But if not, you know, you learn that that person might not be somebody that you can continue to associate with because obviously you guys aren't going to mesh well. (laughs) But again, just to circle back, it kind of, for me, um, I just kind of learned like, just accept who I am, just kind of grow in that. Um, I knew, knew what my challenges are. I knew what I had to work toward, what I needed to develop to be a better person um, and what I needed to be more aware of. I think for me, the switch in my social scene and me being more social um, came when I just realized that people and your interactions with people have so much value in your life. You learn so much from other people you know, and so I just started to appreciate that. Like I would go into situations being excited to learn and meet new people just to see, oh, okay, you know, what I can learn from this person today. And that's essentially the story of my life. Like I love learning and I learn stuff from people every single day. That's a beautiful uh, way of thinking because oftentimes, and I've, I've made several episodes on this where I've kind of, uh, you know, shared the same thoughts or sentiment regarding being able to learn from anybody and not really, um, you know, it could take it as far as not blocking out any information. Mm-hmm. You can filter it with what you have within you, like your own filter mm, that you curate through experience, but don't block any information out. Right. You know, even when you know stuff, you, you still should listen. And it may seem obvious, but to a lot of people, they're so naturally inclined to uh, block information out and not not listen to people they don't assume have information that's valuable to them it's it's a tricky situation but to go back to your point about um you know friends that you don't really mesh with well because of your personality and they can't uh they can't you know either understand it or at the very least tolerate it i think it's a difficult challenge that a lot of people face they don't feel that they could leave a friend group that's toxic that's not helping them progress that's you know holding them back just to be part of a tribe because we naturally we all want to be part of something you know we don't want to be alone and some people find um, they they fear isolation but you know I'm curious to uh, hear your perspective on dealing with such people or even dealing with envious people how to just deal with people that don't um, maybe have your best interests in mind, but you can't help have them around. Like you're forced to be around them. 
okay. Um, that is a little bit of a challenge in that um, sometimes you just kind of have to know when not to say anything or when not to engage or just, okay, leave it as is. I know I'll speak to friends first and then I'll kind of speak to family members. I know a lot of people have friends that they've grown up with who've been in their life for 20 years and maybe um, you guys were fine as kids. Obviously, you didn't really have much life experiences um, and who you are as a person you are still evolving into. Then you become adults and you notice that, oh, we're just in two different places and we got two separate lives and it's just not what it used to be. You either can accept that relationship for what it is and be okay with talking to that person once a year, be okay with only linking up with them ever so often and, you know, checking on them or if you don't hear from them, not feeling some type of way because obviously it's mutually understood that you guys just kind of grew into adults who don't really look at life the same way. Um, I think the hardest part about that, especially with friendships, is that people require so much from a friend that they don't realize if that person can't give it to you, don't have any expectations for them. Like, don't set yourself up to fill in that regard, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because you're putting all these expectations on somebody who you know won't eventually meet them. So then you're just mad and mad and mad for no reason when, I mean, that's just what it's going to be, you know, just kind of have to accept that for where you are. Um, And then on the flip side of that, we have relatives who we can't just say, okay, I'm never going to see you. Maybe it's a mom or, you know, immediate sibling who you have challenges um, with. And I've experienced this growing into an adult with my older sibling and my younger sibling. Um, One, my younger sibling and I are only 11 months apart, so we're still very close, but two completely different people (laughs) so um it's interesting we don't there's a lot of things that we don't really argue or have discussions about um we've just kind of learned even at at this point it's less we don't agree but okay this is my point of view this is yours we'll agree to uh, disagree and we'll just move on from from it you know I don't have any expectations that she's gonna adapt my point of view and I think we had to work through a period that we can't expect each other to adapt the other person's mindset um you have your view I have my view we don't agree or we're gonna find something that we agree on and then we'll just take that and move from there um which I find is a way more helpful, the latter, with you just saying, hey, okay, we still don't see eye to eye on this one. We just have to find something else that's going to work for both of us because otherwise we'll just be stuck here and try arguing and trying to figure it out. That's so. Yeah, that's well put. But it's, it's, it's hard, though. It's hard to even reach that point sometimes with people that, you know, test your patience or maybe, you know, maybe um, – you're at a point in your life where you can't even entertain that conversation, especially if they're not relatives, like especially if you have the option mm-hmm. and then they get hurt and then they, their whole demeanor kind of changes and then, you know, their intentions start to uh, turn over to the malicious side of things where now they're envious and now they're expressing their envy. And um, this is one of the things that I believe I mentioned uh, when we were talking before doing the episode I wanted to ask you about envy in general, you know, how to deal with that in terms of um, whether it's in the business setting or whether it's in any setting where you're subject to envy 
uh, and sort of the latter definition of envy, which is the person not wanting you to have what you have. So not them wanting to have what you have. They also don't want you to have what you have. It's like okay. the toxic negative sort of aspect of envy. Just curious to hear your thoughts. Um, so I just, I don't take that on, right? And I have a lot of friends. I, I noticed that I'm really detached from the whole concept of being envy because I've never been a person who has had that quality or had that trait. So I've never been someone who's ever wanted something from somebody else. Now I have experiences in instances where people have somewhat like, Oh, you have this, you have that, you have all these things. I'm like, okay, that to me, it's just like regular. Like I'm at ground zero and I'm viewed yeah. at ground 10, you know? So I feel you. I, I had to realize that, you know, that's their view or that's their perception. And that's not, I don't receive that. I like, I don't take that on from them. Um, you, the, the biggest thing to learn about people and engaging with people in general is one, not to have any expectations or any assumed behaviors or anything like that. And um, two, I just lost my train of thought because I'm old, but uh, <laughs> So let me repeat so I can refresh my memory. But um, sure. yeah, so the thing to remember when you're engaging with people um, in general is that you can't change them. So that's what I was going to say first. I'm going to say that first. Um, you can't change them and to not have any expectations of behaviors and stuff like that. Um, because what that does is that just pretty much sets you up for disappointment. And you continue to, you'll continue to be in a spiral of just being disappointed for having all these expectations or things not going your way, or you just wanting somebody to change because you just want them to be what you want them to be. Um, a lot of people would, as I continue to evolve, I'm constantly reminded how many people just think about themselves, how much we are a self-centered cu culture. Like our culture in general mm -hmm. is just, Think about yourself, self-preservation, that's it. Um, when you start to grow and come into wisdom and stuff like that, you realize that you're not here alone, right? And you take on, you take full responsibility for who you are, where you are, um, and the places that you are in your life, but you also put that out onto other people. You accept them for who they are, where they are, the places in, in their life. You don't try to change that. Um, the only thing that you can do is say, hey, we're here. Um, if you want to be a part of this space and in my world, then come right. on. But if you don't and you can't identify with what I have going on or you are just not on the same page or don't get it, don't spend too much energy trying to get people to accommodate you and accommodate your life and fit your life. That's not really usually how it works. That's very well said, but it's, <laughs> that's extremely well said. And there's a lot of gems in that, but um, I, I, I want to get into, you know, how to reach that point because that's where the disconnect is for a lot of people. Some people might not have heard, um, you know, some people might hear what you said and get inspired to uh, try to apply that knowledge or apply that new information towards uh, reaching a state of point where they're detached from that and they, you know, set their boundaries very clearly and they define their boundaries rather. Um, but I want to know the steps that you personally took to reach uh, that point or reach or come closer to that point. Because I feel like that's extremely valuable. Yeah, no, it, it, it's very valuable. Um, 
one, you, you can't really get to that place until you fully accept um, and own who you are as a person, right? Because um, the biggest part of that comes being able to accept criticisms. Because it's not to say you're going to go through life and never have somebody criticize you about anything. Um, but you get to gauge how you respond to that, right? The more you know about this yourself, the easier it is for you to take on that criticism because you're not affected by it. You're like, okay, I know I can do that, you know, from time to time. Mm -hmm. So that's fine, <laughs> you know, and you won't get so mad and you're able to engage in a conversation, a productive conversation versus just, oh, I don't want to hear that and keep it moving, right? Being defensive and not <laughs> yeah, and being defensive and, yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, one of the biggest things, and I usually always tie that into like self-acceptance and self-awareness and all of that. Like you have to be in tune with who you are um, because if not, that just leaves a lot of room for error in general. Okay. Um, <laughs> once you, yeah, once you know, and, and you get to that point after that, it just comes up just a heightened awareness of just knowing, like, it's just not you. It's just not you here in this world. Your actions affect people just like their actions affect you. It's not just you, right? Once you're aware exactly. that you you coexist in a world <laughs> with millions and trillions and millions of people then you understand like okay so i don't like people to treat me like this and i probably shouldn't do that which i like to call my little golden rule kind of stuck with me how they used to put it on the school bus you know as you drive <laughs> um do unto others as you would have them do unto you right that's like very essential um but everyone thinks they're special I mean, everyone thinks they're special and they, and they they're they're better than other people and you know everyone should cater to their needs. I I mean I'll I'll be the first to admit I used to be exactly like that for a long time, just being super reserved and shy. But like uh, you know maybe if I if I go back in the memory bank and become introspective for a second, I would find instances where maybe um, my introvertedness and arrogance were blended or mixed in one another where. You know, it was coming from a place of feeling superior to others based on artificial metrics that I was valuing at that time. And I, I'm sure a lot of people have been in that situation and a lot of people are when they when they feel a little bit of success and they climb a little bit further up in the hierarchy that we all value as humans or as society. And then they feel that I'm better than this person. Why would I even, you know, X, Y and Z? So so even in in you saying that I've, i heard a few things so like when i hear about people being arrogant or feeling like they have all these things that to me says that you know you're incomplete in some way right you're trying to fill a void with things that you can acquire like tangible things mm -hmm. um which is another issue with our culture right we have this American dream that everybody likes to strive for, um, this dollar amount associated to a salary that makes you feel accomplished. Like, as to say that a clinical psychiatrist making 70K is not as, you know, great as a, an attorney making 200K a year, you know, but that's not really the case. Like, mm -hmm. people are fulfilled in their in their role in their job it's and also happiness like yeah. what makes you happy yeah you'd be happier making 200k doing something you hate probably not 
but there's a lot of like we're we're in a world of insecure people we all are we're mm-hmm. all um in competition like we all want to be um in one place i think you know once you get to a point to where you realize i don't need these things in order to feel fulfilled and in order to um have a g- good quality of life that sh- sort of shifts your mindset but you don't get to that place until you experience life and you're not experiencing life at 23 <laughs> so or 24 for the most part there's always a, a period in in your growth process um and as people everybody involves where you experience something that humbles you and until you have that humbling experience you will not see the world for what it is 